Previously on Sparks. We've got MJ and Tara. Welcome. What would Bloomberg's advice be to people who are thinking about applying for a job, people who are looking at which direction of all the directions they could go in? Maybe not having a job title in mind, but types of tasks you want to be doing. Work out a little bit more what type of environment or culture or company you want to be in in the future. Take each experience for what it is. Every direction that I've taken in my career like, has been an opportunity to connect with people. One of the themes that has come through the Sparks podcast is T-shape versus V-shape knowledge. T-shape is deep in one area, but otherwise nothing. Shallow in all the rest. Yeah. V-shape is deep in one area, and then the adjacent topics still quite deep, and then the adjacent topics to those a bit more deep, and then Mm. shallow. So it's similar to you when you're looking for knowledge. You want people who can get deeply into a topic, but also are able to draw on themes from the related fields. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're interested in X, you're also interested in the things that affect X. And so that makes sense if you think about the V-shape. Yeah, 100%. And you're using X. I mean, that's how, what did you do for a degree, Tara? I did economics with geography. <laughs> I was thinking it wasn't going to be... X marks the spot. <laughs> History of art. X factor. <laughs> X factor. My X factor. statistics yeah. modules are coming in, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Do, and do you do you use that knowledge from your degree? This is another thing we could draw on. Let's see. Do you use that knowledge? I don't think I really use much of the knowledge from my degree in terms of content, but I think you use the skills that you develop at uni. So whether that's researching, whether that's analysis, whether that's group projects, whatever that's going to be, there's so many skills that are needed in the workplace that maybe it's not the topic that you were studying, but it's the way in which you've studied it that can help you in the role. Okay. MJ, what about you? Do you use the skills from your education? Well, I was I was educating myself while I was working. So I I actually, you know, as I said earlier, like school wasn't the best connection for me. There was lots of, I was doing that in Australia. There was a lot of other things to do, like surf and attend police academies, for example. But no, on a, on a, on a serious note, I think, you know, so I, I really like started to love education when I could see like the, the, the link was very, very close to, to, towards like what I was doing. Mm. Work-wise, so when and you had an application, HR. yeah, when yeah, application. the application practicality was personally for me um, important, and so I was day to day, one minute studying, the next minute putting that into practice, or or just developing the, the the skills I needed to be do well in the workplace, I suppose. And Chris, you did a graphic design degree. He told us that six or seven times. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those have been edited out, so don't worry. Uh, I've only mentioned it once. Do you use the what you learn, not necessarily the technical skills, but the thought processes. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's visual communication and that process and that idea is something that I never I never don't use in that I'm always visually communicating. Even just the nonverbals of how I communicate, that's part of visual communication. So there's yeah. and, and like that's those extended areas. And now I'm in a trainer facilitator and I'm I've widened that communication strand i think the the sort of high level stuff sometimes like you said the design thinking from your graphic design mm-hmm. degree or yeah. some of the economic principles from your economics degree or they're they're the structures the intellectual structures are helpful mm. but we probably aren't going to keep needing to recall unless we're doing law something that we <laughs> learn yeah. at university the content often the content, not as yeah. well adequate. knowledge is no longer power like I don't think, Is like, it not? yeah, I, I, mm. I mean, I, I think that's where we're moving to. I mean, mm. I'm not gonna get too deep on the on the let's AI. Get, front, let's get as I deep think, as we want. I think they might say knowledge is power, but you say no. I, I, I think that is 
moving in a, in a different direction now. I think having critical thinking skills, having the ability to work, collaborate, all these things that we're talking about are not about the knowledge that we picked up, mm. but about the skills we picked up while we were picking up that knowledge. And I think in a, again, I'm not going to get, you know, with AI, I think knowledge is there at the, at the, at the, at the press of a button now, like in a, in a way that we cannot, you know, think about going forward. So it's like what differentiates us now is 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 are those underlying skills that, and that's really what we're always been looking for as employers. Yeah, I was kind of wanted to come back to Tara's point about answering the tricky interview questions, which I think people listening to Sparks Sparks podcast, our fishing uh, podcast, <laughs> Sparks podcast, uh, our actual podcast. It's interesting to hear yeah, the, the, the actually the th- the thought process and how you position that knowledge is probably the most valuable thing. And the context in which you learnt it at university might be valuable, but actually what you do with it, whether you're deeply interested in it, that's much more value. Have you have you got other tips for us, Tara, on how to get through an interview round? What else are people looking for? I think one of the things that you can really work on and that comes across so well in an interview is your communication style. So the way you say it is almost as important as what you're saying because what you can then showcase is strong communication skills ability to critical critically analyze what you're set what you're thinking and the thought process behind your answer can really showcase an, a huge amount of skills that we're looking for and also communicating in an effective way is very relevant if you're looking to apply for a, a client facing role or looking to apply for a role that involves huge interactions with people you're showcasing the skill set while also answering the question. And so that's a really mm. important thing. And we always recommend using the STAR method. So situation, task, action, result. And if you structure your answers like that, you can then say, you know, this was the situation, but really focus actually on the task slightly, the action you took and the result that came out of that, because that's showing your proactivity and the impact that you can have in the workplace. And while there might be those processes that might be in the back of the mind, it- sounds like actually the social skills the way you go about it maybe even making you like them is more important can i come in on that yeah i went after i'd got my graduate job at bmw group and i was on an 18 month contract and they said if you don't if no one else here offers you a job that's it so you've got 18 months to prove yourself so about six months before the end i applied for a job at pwc as an it consultant because my best buddy was doing that and my then girlfriend now wife was doing that i thought i'm gonna try this and i have i believe i have a lot of people skills in rapport building so i did a lot a lot of rapport building at that interview and there was a we were one of those assessment centers and we also had to do all these tests and then at lunchtime they sent home the people who hadn't made it by sticking up a list on the wall and saying these people are here if your name's not there you need to go home do, do you guys do that well, I actually went through a similar process to become... I wanted to become an air steward before I became you a... You would be a phenomenal uh, air I, steward. I, I would, and I really, really wanted to do it. And um, yeah, yeah, Virgin Atlantic uh, Assessment Centre. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite. it can be quite brutal. You don't yeah. make it through to the afternoon. But I, I think, like, just to build on your, your advice for people in a selection process, I think it sometimes it's really simple. Like, the star model is, is very useful, and I'm sure there's plenty of, like, uh, information on that. But... Sometimes it's just a pause mm. because often you're asked a question and you think you're like on a timer to answer it. And actually you're not. Like, and you can like pause for a few seconds. And what you should be thinking, in my opinion, you know, what you should be thinking in those three seconds is why are they asking me this question? What are the kind of things mm. they're looking for in this question? Yeah. Versus what you see a lot is, 
especially people that don't have much, much experience, you know, um, in interviewing is just, oh, this must be like a quiz. Like I've got to answer really, really quickly. And I've just, you know, and, and actually, but just by having a little pause and thinking what capabilities are they trying to assess here? It, it helps you to, to A, calm yourself a little bit and B, actually try to address the question that's being asked. And I think time and time again, I think people fall into that trap of, this is really awkward if I like don't answer for like, literally, all you have to pause is two or three seconds. Mm -hmm. And I think that can actually make a huge difference to how you come across. So, so taking your time and being measured, again, coming back to non-verbals, communication skills, questioning and answering skills, but you're, I said earlier about, are you ready? You're saying in these interview processes also, you've got to be in a good headspace. You don't rush, don't see it as a competition, don't see it as having to prove yourself. And again, if we think about what we know about influencing, that's what, makes people buy into you is not that you're trying to impress but that mm. you are impressive and that comes from being grounded and being confident and being calm it's saying actually do you know what i don't know um let me have a think about this you're asking me a technical question or a tricky question I, yeah i have, have to, to get, get back to you or, yeah give, <laughs> give me a moment yeah ask interviewer what do you think mm. <laughs> you know like the 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 demeanor and the way in which you approach things mm. what about some no-goes then what are, what are things should we really not do if we were trying to get a job at bloomberg what 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 would impress you? What, how would I get a job there? I think it depends on the job. So each role we're looking for different things. So it's not so much a blanket approach. And I think that's with every application that you're submitting. Each job has its own requirements and has its own skill set. And so to match your own profile and your own personality to a role, as opposed to just applying for a company, is a is a huge thing. Um, and then I think. It dep- again, we're thinking about the roles. Some are going to be more client-facing. Some are going to be more people-focused. Some are going to be more um, technical. And, and for each role, there's going to be a different application process. Um, I think the things that help people to stand out are buying into our culture and being aligned with that. So we're really big, in collab- big on collaboration and um, innovation, doing the right thing. Those are kind of pillars of, of, what, of what we stand for. And so ways in which you can align with that and showcase that during the application process are always going to be a positive. But every job is going to have different requirements. And as a result, I would say you kind of have to match it to that job specifically. But also, you know, it might be one team and they might have five different profiles within that team. And whatever one you're applying for, you're going to need to match, not just apply for the job. So you need to match the... Pro- can I find out those profiles beforehand or are they secrets? All on the job description. So, so it's all there. Yeah, it'll be bullet pointed normally or, or, or put very clearly. And that's, that also is worth having a, a further thought on. If What if I don't really match up on the people characteristics of the what's in the job spec? Or if, should I try and just, if I really wanted a job but don't quite match it, do you think it's worth just trying for it anyway and seeing where I get along? Or actually, do you think the job spec's there for a reason and if you, you don't match it, we, we have that often at interactive workshops. We've got a job spec that is for our producer role here and we know what's needed and you've got to be a great communicator and you, know, you can't really fake that. But there's other, other things which attention to detail, for example, you could say you're good at but not necessarily be enjoy. Like I can spot a typo, but I don't enjoy looking. I don't enjoy doing that. So if it's in the job spec, I could fulfill it, but it wouldn't make me happy. Do you think you should try and sort of bluff a little bit if there's some areas that are missing? No. <laughs> Definitely Could not. Could you be a bit like, clearer? So, there, no, no. Like, there's so many jobs out there for graduates. Like, it, it's it's still, you know, a positive market for 
graduates, for apprentices, there, there are opportunities out there. And so there is the right opportunity for your skill set, for your interests, etc. And you should be very, very selective personally on how you do that. Especially at Bloomberg, we have sort of four or five different or there's a there's a job for you at Bloomberg you know if you if you, if you connect with what we're what we're trying to you've got do. multiple organizations that's what you're saying you've got yeah. I've, I mean I've, I know people who work in the environmental area sustainability you've got mm. the media technology sales fintech yeah uh, there's software engineering, software engineering yeah. HR all the corporate functions countries you've got everything there so you're saying try and find a job role that really does match you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, otherwise, you're, you're, if you're not found out like during the conversation, it's, at some point that's going to that's gonna be something you consciously went into to do and made that, that, the process of that not working out could not be that positive end of the journey for you. Mm. And I also think, um, you know, you, going back to your question of like, what's a, what's a big no-no? For me, the big no-no, and this is where you've got to be selective about like what interests you, what kind of companies do I want to go for is because you, 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 do, you want to get to know that company. So you've got to invest time in getting to know that company. The big no-no is to turn up and think, this is just a friendship. This is, I'm, I'm just going to like you and I'm going to give you a job. No, you've got to be interested in what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve, the work we're doing in, you know, in, in, our, in our Bloomberg philanthropies. Get to know that because we want to understand that you, you're, you're kind of you're, you're making your way towards us, yeah, not just turning up and going, hey, do you like me? Yeah. Mm. We've seen her get that as well. Get, as well. We do a lot of recruitment here. We, do, we, we actually use assessment centers a lot, but some people haven't really researched the company enough. Mm. Not They don't have to research it a lot. No. Other people have kind of gone overboard and they like stalked me and they stalked Chris. Watched all the videos. Watched and, all the videos. Yeah, yeah, okay, this like is great. That but, we love that. Yeah, yeah. You like the that, more, yeah. The more information you know, the better. Yeah. <laughs> but there is loads, of, there's so much content. Like that, like it's no it's excuse. It's not hard to find out to, the information, yeah. is it? No. And there's, no. there's just kind of no excuse to, yeah. to, to not get to know that company to the degree that yeah, yeah. you know you want to mm. well some of like we've had some very intelligent people on this podcast and some of them have said things like knowledge is no longer power <laughs> but it's the same isn't it when it comes to researching it's not just necessarily knowing all the facts about the company no it's, it's how you showing a genuine it. interest and, and tara's point about how you communicate that yeah you don't want to suddenly download i've seen this video i watched that yeah. I, you know that, it's how you communicate yeah. your passion but that's about putting yourself in the research that you do if i mm. sit there and say you know such and such company has this, da, 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 and I'm like reading and reciting the website, and I haven't put myself in that company, like all partway there, then that's that's not going to like spark an interest in you, spark an interest, yeah. right? Can we spark that? Um, you know, so yes, I, I, I think you absolutely, you've got to become a part of that research. Even if you're just spending three hours, you've got to dip in and out you know, first person in terms of mm. like what you're reading and what you're absor absorbing rather than it's not about fact checking. Knowledge is not power anymore. Coming back to mindset, is there one thing that you should be thinking about as you start in your career to get yourself into that right mindset? I've got, I, I'm going to go back to my earlier point. It's not, are you ready? As in head knowledge, but are you ready? I do think that if you meet someone that's ready to join your company, you're, you're going to want to hire them. It's as simple as that. Is that about belief, self-belief? It's not just that. I think if you if I think if you meet someone that has researched their field, has the adjacent fields, has coherent arguments on, and can run, run discussions on the topics that are relevant to your company, has done enough but not too much research, has an open mind, is looking forward to the recruitment process, is looking forward to starting work. I think when you aggregate all those things together, 
that's someone you want to hire. And, and human beings, we make our decisions on very simple, often nonverbal clues as well as, mm. uh, there's obviously this, the rational part, but mm. in the end, if you've got three brilliant candidates and one of them's actually ready, that's the one you want. The one that in their head is still agonizing, oh, I might go traveling or actually I might prefer to go and work in investment banking rather than work for Bloomberg. Or I might rather um, work as a facilitator solo rather than join interactive workshops. They're not actually ready. And when you meet them, even if the CV is perfect and other things, you end up thinking, oh, just something. Mm, something about it. So not I, right. think, I think what we're getting down to is apply for jobs that you want to do. It Co- might yeah, be as simple as that. That's in very the, simple. In the, like, it's sort of a temporary commitment, isn't it? Yeah. Like mm. to, 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 to get into like what you're wanting to do. But if we did it in other areas of our life, if we joined a sports team that we didn't want to play for in our spare time and then turned up for training all the time, and it, everyone can tell, if you date somebody that you don't really want to be with, it, everyone knows. If you go to a family event when you don't really want to be there, everybody knows. You know, I, I could go on. Applying for jobs that you want to do, of course you don't have to know whether you're going to be really good at it necessarily because that's the future. You can't know the future, but you can know, is this something I want to do now? And if it is, do you it. You can decide to be ready in a sense. Yeah, and yeah. If, but if you want to go travelling now, mm. great, polarise, go and do that. Yeah, be ready for that. Come back ready, that's the job. Yeah. 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 What about you, Tara? What do you think? If there's one thing to get into the right mindset? I think it's linked to the, the readiness, but I think it's being proactive and that's in doing the research before you apply. But also then if you're in the application process, maybe that's reaching out to people on LinkedIn or reaching out to someone you know who interned there last year and asking them about their experience because there's so much you can get from online and the kind of resources that a company might post or someone might post on TikTok or, or YouTube, wherever that's going to be. But actually having a conversation with someone who works in the organization who can give you insights and can provide more of an authentic version of, of what the company looks like is going to be really helpful. And it's also going to help you to educate yourself and work out if that's what you really want as well. So I do think being proactive in kind of every every way it, when it comes to an, a job application, but then also once you start in the job, that proactivity is how you're going to build a network and yeah. how you're going to kind of be successful in the longer term as well. So be ready. Mm. Be proactive. Chris, what about you? I think getting to know what is your passion is essential. And it's linked to what we said about applying for the right job. But if that doesn't get you a little bit excited about working for that organization or you know, look at when you're looking at a job ad or the degree that you're going to do, if you're not really excited about your degree, the subject or the other subject that you're adding to the mix question that early so the self-knowledge of what you yeah. really are interested in it's interesting yeah. again come and think about if you have got through a whole degree and you still don't really know what you like mm. and what you want to do mm. that is a bit of a problem isn't it and you need maybe need to take a further round of mm. internships or placements to try and find that out mm. but try you're saying try and find out what you yeah i think it's quite a normal feeling to not know exactly what you want to do through that process but can you find it can mm. you nail it down and then pursue it what about you mj what, what, what's your nugget of wisdom I think for me, it's like, remember, we're, yes, we're growing as people all the time. Whether you're growing, you know, a long time into your career or whether you're a student and you're, you're, you know, you're growing throughout your university course, school, whatever, whatever it is. I think you want to be conscious about how you're growing. Like if you're doing a part time job, what are those skills that you're picking up? Because they're actually the skills that, that, that the fu- your future employer is likely to be interested in. So, so rather than just looking at I'm I'm working here and it's not relevant because I'm I'm just working here because I need to kind of live as a student, think about like transferable skills. Think about the things that you're doing and how that is helping you to grow. 
because actually those are the things put together with your studies, with your experiences, with the societies you're, and all the other interest knowledge that you're picking up. It's that rounded picture that, that your future employer is, is interested in. So try and raise your consciousness around your university or school journey. People have said I'm quite good at selling things. But as an example, I uh, ran a bar at university. And when I went for my job interviews, I explained that I managed to help double the profits of that bar in the time that I ran it. Do you think that was my main motivation for running the bar? No. No. I also said I, was, I had worked as a chambermaid and I was very good at attention to detail especially when it came to hoovering and cleaning toilets. But do you think that, that was really relevant to working in the car industry? Yes. Attention to detail, yeah. Maybe the, the role itself, no, but no. the skills are useful. But also they asked me, do you like cars? I, I don't really like cars. But I loved Formula One at the time. So I said, oh, I'm really into Formula One. And then, then we could talk about cars. I didn't really know much about cars, but it's finding, like you say, the, the right things and how you position it is that what you're saying, MJ? Think about how you're going to communicate what you're passionate about. Yeah, I think it's just be clear on what employers are looking for. Like when you're coming out of university, especially now in, in a lot of graduate jobs or, or coming out of school and looking for apprenticeships, it's, it, it, it's not, we're not looking for the finished article. You're looking for an, uh, an unpolished gem, right? And so like that's, what, that's how you've got to stand out. And it's, the th it's not your, that's why I keep going back to, you know, the knowledge gets you to a certain Point, but actually it's those critical skills that you're picking up during university during during school that really are what what, what employers are after yeah we actually hire based on potential not the finished thing mm. chris you you hire based on potential yep but MJ, how do you, you do you, that? How you do hire you, on based on potential we do but how do you how do you differentiate potential from I Not think so much I think it's what you're a little bit what we've been we've mentioned mm. it a few times. I don't exactly know how to encapsulate it, but we talked about maybe the perfectionism being actually more off-putting than someone who's got rounded personality. I sometimes feel if someone's too qualified for the role and has got all the skills, I'm thinking, yeah, but so what's how are you going to grow here? What's going to happen over the next three years? You may you may then be bored. So I'm looking for someone who has the foundational core strengths, but that we can take on a journey as an employer. And um, that's really important, more important to me than trying to find the finished article. We're hiring people, but not hiring for jobs. I would agree, but I would go back to what Tara was saying. We're thinking about the jobs that we're looking for. And maybe the perfectionist tendency would not be good for that jobs. But there are certainly jobs where it would be, good. Where it would yeah. be absolutely, you know, and that, that is the point. You know, like that is the point in the sense that like, who are you as a person? What skills are you picking up that maybe naturally fit with you as a person? And then find that opportunity because it's not. There's no good or bad in this sense. It's good or bad in in terms of the jobs we're thinking about right now for our organisations, but we are not the world. Maybe right? what I'm saying is that no one's the finished article, yeah. and therefore, if someone's positioning themselves as the finished article, the perfect candidate, there's a part of me that just thinks, I can't Suspicious be, of that. can't yeah. be right. Yeah, I'd like someone who's maybe a bit more humble or self-aware, but mm. none of us are perfect. I mean, we've all we're all we've all a work in progress. We're all an unfinished art, a piece of art. So, yeah, I guess I'm looking for that as an employer. Thinking, have you got the self awareness to realise that telling me you're brilliant is fine? But uh, no, none of us are perfect all the time, and none of us are always good. Sometimes we're on a bad day. Chris, what what are you like on a bad day? <laughs> Probably not so much fun to be around on a bad day. Well, MJ, that, what about are you on a bad day? 
me on a bad day, I'm just a bit isolating, you know? I don't collaborate as much as I normally mm. would. But I, th- I don't think that happen too often, you know? Because I think one of the things that's really important about trying not to have a bad day is perspective. You know, like, if you can have a perspective on where you're at, like, looking at your... Trying to step back from your life, see where you're at, then you can kind of appreciate the moments that, that you have. And then those kind of moments where you're having a bad day... You They're can, not so bad. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Tara? What about you on a bad day? A little bit cranky. I think you're more better at working on my own, I think, and better at getting through my to-do list in a methodical way, maybe than wanting to talk to everyone. But, you know... Again, not too often, I'd like to think so. I didn't yeah, realise you had bad days. That's, <laughs> That's great yeah. to That's hear. Yeah, I like to hide the middle. <laughs> Very concerning indeed. How day. <laughs> so, Jonna, Bloomberg, weren't they brilliant guests? What incredible people. Yeah. I mean, so much energy. And they, they both talked a lot about the importance of communication skills and uh, people skills. Mm which you think in a company like Bloomberg, which is a lot about financial information, financial data. The technical part. The technical part. Yeah. But my impression was just how much they demonstrated that passion. And Mm. I mean, you and I work in a lot of companies. Yeah. And there's very few people that demonstrate that super high level of passion for their company. And this is an unforced environment. Yeah. And they were really really passionate it was a about. very refreshing approach wasn't so it? refreshing yeah do you think would you work there if you had the chance to work at Bloomberg? yeah i think i would i think I, I would need to find that exact role that i fit as they were describing but yeah it sounds like a, a great place to work yeah, what about what, you yeah again i think that's something that tara said that really struck with me which is it's very easy to think about companies or industries and finding the right one is a good thing but she was highlighting so much in the early careers space, thinking about the job role. And we had that whole discussion about, you know, should you fake it if you have, are missing a few skill sets or it's not quite your personality? But they were really unequivocal, saying, actually, no, you know, really, the job spec almost is a guidance for you. It's not necessarily what they want, but it's yeah. a recipe for you to think, is this me? Yeah. And to, as you were saying, keep searching and find the things that you can really authentically follow that your passions. Mm. We'll have to get them back on the show. I would love to get them back on the show. But also I'd love to find out more about Bloomberg careers mm. and how to what happens if I get a job there. It sounds like there's great possibilities yeah. and a really phenomenal organization. Yeah. And Mike Bloomberg, I mean, what a guy, what a philanthropist. They give so much of their profits to charity. Mm. They, they were telling us afterwards they were encouraged to go and do 80 hours of charity work MJ's done mm. uh, Last encouraged year, yeah. by Bloomberg. What a place to work. We we often think don't we, about employers with purpose, mm. but Bloomberg seems to be a company that really has that in absolute spades. Yeah. And important to note, they're not paying us to say that because <laughs> yeah. this is our independent podcast. Yeah. And despite us not being in the early stage of our career, maybe some some helpful thoughts and insights to, to take away about productivity, about self-awareness. Yeah. And those are just the ones that we came up with. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks, John. See you soon. See you soon.